Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You will say, you will say. Shot clock turned off. Calvary. Call. Hate the shoot. Call. The runner. It's time for Zag Shoot Talk with Jack and Zach on the Bowie Podcast Network. Oh, wow. Here's Jack Ferris. They found mold in my apartment. And Rob Zachary. All I was thinking about is, like, how do you know which things to use to wipe? Believe in the Zags. He's Rob Sacre. I'm Jack Ferris. I got to get something off my chest, Rob. And I think this is the best What's time up? to do it. I don't want to. I don't want to live a lie to the people this whole time. Uh, I, I couldn't sleep last night. Why? I don't know. Back pain, the world's ending, just general anxiety, all the reasons. Okay. Yeah. So what did I do? I popped on YouTube. And stumbled upon the brand new Paris Hilton documentary. Okay, she I seen her talk about it. Yeah. And I actually have to say she looks better now than she did, you know. She looks like, she looks great now. And yeah. I was they never explicitly say how old she is in the doc. And but just by doing math, I got I I'm guessing she's 40s? like she's like 39 at the earliest, I think. Because the sex tape came out in 2000, 20 years ago. You so had to go she, right to the sex tape. You couldn't even. Okay. Okay. Here's a net. Here's, I got a couple of issues with the documentary. Number one, <laughs> number one, it's two hours. It's two hours. Number two, it takes 25 minutes to get to the sex tape. That should be the opener. They Wait, show the sex tape? No, 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 no. They just oh, talk, they talk say, about how. Oh, they just talk, they get into it. Well, here. <laughs> How we are talking about this is wild, Jack, but yeah. we're going to talk about it anyways. What was crazy is she was Kim Kardashian's mentor. So that is addressed. And there's actually, there's a great shot of uh, Paris walking up to some party and she's got Kim on her arm uh-huh. and Kim looks like, you know, like a, like a little kid being escorted into like a baseball game or something. Right. And a fan comes up to Paris and goes, Oh my God, can I take a picture with you? And Paris like nods without saying, and without speaking, like pushes Kim Kardashian to the side and brings in this little twin girl and takes a picture. And then Kim like comes right back on her arm and they like walk in together. It's, it's very weird, but uh, Kim Kardashian's in the interview for a second only to say pretty much. Yeah. Paris Hilton crawled so my family and I could walk. 
Like there is there is <laughs> right. no Kim Kardashian without. Well, she Kim. she mentored her, I guess. Uh, inf- I don't know. They just, I guess, yeah. She mentored her for a lot of reasons in a different ways. I guess should I should say. You can't say that. Yeah, yeah, and you should say that. I, <laughs> right. I. Okay. I hate these self-produced documentaries because they're so self-serving. Like, I'm a big Taylor Swift guy. That documentary. Never saw it. On Taylor Swift, the Netflix one. I heard she just talks about herself a lot. She does talk about herself a lot. And I, she, was, she was bullied to a certain extent, which, you know, isn't cool. And the whole Kanye thing wasn't cool. But she turns herself into this, like, political seat, which... Hey, you know, if you want to use your platform for politics, right. by all means. But don't just do it in the last year and a half and pretend like you're 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 God's gift to the next generation. Anyway, we're not we're not getting into politics. I the Taylor Swift one was meh. Even the Lady Gaga one, there was a lot of like introspective shit. And what are you been? What have you been watching sorry. during this pandemic? Sorry, I, I'm a doc guy. I, I guess you, I'm. A, do you cry during any of these? No, I haven't cried in a documentary since. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to sound ridiculous. The last documentary I cried in was the 30 for 30 Pony Excess, the SMU documentary. Why did you cry in that? I don't know what it was, but I was like <laughs> home from, I was home from work and I was sick and I cried at the very end when, like, June Jones is the coach now, and they're, like, they went to a bowl game. Yeah. And I'm, like, they're back. They, they, they've resurrected themselves from the death penalty. Like, God bless you, SMU. And I remember shedding a tear, and I remember thinking, this is the most ridiculous documentary in the world to cry at. at Pony Excess. If you've seen it, you know how ridiculous that is. Oh, dude. I, out of all the, like, ones you could have said. Exactly. Exactly. Like, the the best that never was the Marcus Dupree. Yeah, yeah. You can't find one like I don't know Pony Excess. Pony Excess. You always surprise me, Jack. You know what I was doing while I was waiting for you? <laughs> What's that? Watching Drew Timmy highlights in high school. Oh, I've seen them. They're excellent. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. What's funny is, um. If you saw Drew Timmy working out by himself, just doing drills, you'd be like, oh, this, yeah, he's, a, he's a solid fundamental dude. Like, you know, he could probably be at like a lower level D1 school or like, you know, yeah. be, be awesome at some D2 school. But then, because you think that like his, there's no like flair to his game. You know what I mean? It's just all no, no. fundamental stuff. Lunch pail. Yeah, exactly. So you think, okay, but you put him on a court with like real elite athletes and that's not going to carry over. And boy, oh boy, does it carry over. It, dude, I watched this highlight of him and one against one, he tore this team up and I, he has great footwork for, especially from high school. I was really, imp- I was like, I'm, I'm happy he's on our team. Yeah. It's crazy. And speaking of our team, you see the NCAA, Jack? Oh, we're having we're having basketball, my man. We are gonna have basketball. It's gonna come a little late, but that's better late than never, as they say, well, Rob. Absolutely, dude. That's big time, and I, it's well needed. I think everybody needs needs some basketball in their life right now. November twenty fifth 
uh, is the official tip-off of the season, excuse the pun. Uh, our boy Jim Meehan has been busy the last few days uh, tossing out all this information. It came from John Rothstein, I believe. Yeah, November 25th, it's going to go down. We were joking about this, Rob, no joke, a month ago when we were talking about like maybe it's the season's going to exist with a bunch of little bubbles across yeah. North America. And then we were like, yeah, but yeah, to that actually happening or, or slim to none. It's, look, it's looking like that's going to happen. Orlando is going to be the home for a ton of college basketball games beginning just about a month after uh, this NBA season wraps up. So I, I, I'm pumped. We're going to play at least four games in Orlando. That's all we need right now. It's better yeah. than nothing. It's yeah. really, you know, hey, if we have four games for the season, I'll be fine. We could go undefeated. Yeah, we could. We could. We're playing, of course, <laughs> right. the Orlando. Is it still called the Old Spice Classic? You know what I'm I talking about? I believe so. You guys, I think you played in the inaugural Old Spice Classic back in 2008. I know Remember we that? want it. We want it. Uh, here's a little bit of trivia for you, Rob. I'm glad you brought that up. The Zags, you can only play in these tournaments – uh, every f- every four years. Every four years. So the Zags have played in it three times, 2008, 2012, 2016. So they book us as soon as we're available. And guess what our record is in the Orlando tournament, formerly known as the Old Spice Classic. Have we not lost? We've not lost. We're 9-0. and 9-0 and in the Orlando Thanksgiving tournament. 2008, 2012, and 2016. So no pressure going into 2020. Well, I remember we played Tennessee, and we played Tennessee twice that season. That's why I can remember that. And who else did we play? Oh, was Tennessee uh, battle battle in Seattle that year? Is that when you played Tennessee again? No, we, that was in Tennessee. Battle in Seattle was my first UConn? year. UConn was that year. Okay, so we went down to Tennessee. I remember playing in Tennessee, and that was twenty-seven thousand people in that state. It was the oh, I remember that. Yeah. It's the biggest arena. It's the biggest on-campus site arena in the yep, country. For hoops. Yep. Uh, oh, because is the Carrier Dome off-campus up at Syracuse? That might be the technicality yes. where they get you. Yes. Yeah. It's off. It's, it's off-campus or it's a football stadium. This is just – Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Carrier Dome is definitely a football stadium. Yeah. Yeah. So um, – but, dude, that was remarkable. Who, oh, Maryland. We played Maryland, and I just can't remember the other team we played. But it was Mar- Maryland with uh, Grievous Vasquez. Fortunately for all of us, I have the internet at my disposal. 2008 Old Spice Classic. Uh, yeah, Grievous Vasquez, who actually had kind of a – Decent career in the NBA. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I want to say he, uh, he played for the Raptors for a while. Raptors, Memphis. I think he was in that Austin Day trade now that I think about it. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Um, I actually have something interesting I remember about the Old Spice Classic. Uh, was it called the Old Spice Classic? I keep calling it the Old Spice Classic. And now I'm on, yeah, the, Wikipedia, now I'm on the Wikipedia page for Old Spice which is not where I want to be. No, that is definitely not where you want to be. You're probably, I guarantee a man in a towel immediately pulled up. That's how it always works out. Oh, boy. Okay, yeah, you guys played uh, Oklahoma State game Oklahoma, one. That was it. I couldn't remember that team. 83-71. Maryland the next Maryland, game. you smoked, 81-59. And then, yeah, beat Tennessee in the, in the championship. 
8374. I remember watching that tournament, Rob. I was home. I was the only one in my house that stayed home for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And the only two living things in that house were me and Lou Sacre, your dog. And I remember you had like a put back dunk and yeah. I like got off the couch and celebrated and Lou looked up at me and he was like, what? Sit back down, dude. Like what is the first half? Still why makes we, that look. Why are we still still makes those looks? <laughs> He's up. like, why are you getting so fired up, man? There's plenty oh, of basketball to be played. Yeah. He still makes those looks all the time. Um, yeah. That was a, that was a crazy, that was a fun tournament. Now that, and I remember that tournament so well because that was the first time we had ever been ranked that high after that tournament. We were ranked fourth in the country after that. I believe that was the first time Gonzaga ever won a Thanksgiving tournament, as, as crazy so as that is. I mean, we, yeah. we always made noise in those tournaments, but we won that one, and then we started making a habit over winning. Uh, right. Then we went to Maui. The next, the next, year. next year we won Maui, right? Oh, man, that was fun, too. <laughs> oh, boy, that was Fun. Uh, Yant- Yancey Gates. Oh, yeah. Yancey oh, yeah. Gates, Cincinnati. We got, yeah, Yancey Gates and Toilo. I got a tech in that game. I remember getting a tech in that game. For, in the championship? Yep. Uh, and then we went into overtime. Lance Stevenson. Was he on that team? Yeah. Lance Stevenson was on that. They were. They were. They were trying to goon us. They were trying to a bunch. Like, they were trying to just go all out and we had Meech and oh man it was a that was a great game now that I think about it 61 59 overtime yeah low scoring affair oh yeah we beat the hell out of each other it was it was a fun game um I was gonna ask you what what my final thoughts on the Paris I was gonna ask you this question Jack because how do you how would you adapt being a college student now with these circumstances i would be i was, I would I was not, talking to these freshmen and i, I, I i'll get to i'm sorry to cut you off no quick. please because i was thinking you know as soon as you leave your dorm it's you got to worry about catching some dumb virus well and, rob in fairness and this is where anytime, I'm going. And, anytime and you're is, in college okay that's where i was going with it <laughs> Before you really had to look for that virus or a virus to kill you, yeah. you, know, you really had to look for something to kill. Now there's just this thing out there where you, I guess you can't even, you know, touch railings of, cause you could catch it. I don't know. But how would you be able to adapt now as a college student? Honestly, I would be, <clears throat> I would, I would say one thing and, and do the other. I would not, <laughs> Hundred percent, and I think anyone who says otherwise is lying to themselves and lying, you know, lying to other people. One, but most most importantly, you're lying to yourself, which is the bigger issue. I mean, who wouldn't look? I staying home for a weekend for one weekend in college, or I mean, staying home like house parties, but like not doing anything social for one week in college feels like six months. You know what I mean? It does because everyone else. Everyone else is going out. Everyone like I could stay home for a month, no problem these days, and not feel like I'm missing out on anything. But the FOMO is 
so amplified when you're in college and you see everyone going out and doing stuff and you you're hearing things outside your window forget about like seeing things on social media you're hearing you're hearing all kinds of crazy stuff out your window and you're like i can't like i'm not sleeping i'm getting up and i'm participating in this you can be as hung over too yeah that's the crazy thing you're oh man i really don't and you hear people screaming you hear your hallway if you're in the dorm Getting a little rowdy. Exactly. And right around like between like 730 and 1130, that's when people are like starting to get going and then it's going to be quiet for a while. And then it's loud again at like 230, 330 when (laughs) getting home. You know what I mean? Pizzas coming in. Yes, exactly. Assortments of smells. Exactly. Oh, where'd you go? Oh, you went to Pita Pit? All right. I'm going to go down there too. And then you hear, especially in DeSmet, you hear like the, the distance laugh of a girl and you're like, what room is that coming from? Ears perked like, up. Who brought the girls home? And then you like casually walk the halls, like pretending to return a DVD back to back to Marty. <laughs> and uh, roommate to, might be outside the door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> trying to stumble upon like three or four girls slammed into one. But well, slammed was the wrong verb to use. Packed in, a, packed yeah. into packed into one room. Um. Yeah. No. I think. It, it would it's be a struggle. It would be impossible. So back to you speaking to freshmen, was this, was this freshman hoopers or the oh, freshman, uh, freshman athletics? I had to speak to freshman athletics and ironically, I had to speak about branding and social media and branding and representing the school. Well, representing yourself. Yeah. And like, unfortunately I, and I, they're probably going to end up hearing this, but I really just wanted to be like, don't do dumb shit and record it. Yeah. That's really what it's all based on. Like I I had to tell that to my baby brother and, and my uh, brother-in-law, I'm like, Hey, you guys are going to all do dumb stuff. It's part of growing up. It is. It's just the, it's part of growing up. But that being said, don't record it don't have any evidence of you doing it that's all you know i'm I'm not saying don't be a kid but just don't record the things you need and that's why i was listening to joe rogan's podcast with rob lowe and rob lowe made the coolest point and it really made me think about it for a long time it's not cool to be famous anymore in the sense of like you, everything is being recorded all the time. So you can't do the things like you used to be able to do 15 years ago. You go out and like dominate a club and just be an asshole and no, the next day, nobody. Yeah. I, that makes sense. You can't, you can't enjoy being famous anymore no. I guess, as much as you could 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Like, yeah, granted, you have all the perks and everything, but every – like, look at Lou Will, for God's sakes. All he wanted was some chicken wings. That's all he wanted, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I swear. I'll, I'll speak on Lou Will. Lou told me that during – like, when he would work out, that was his number one place after he worked out every morning. He would go there at, like, 11 o'clock, 12 for lunch. In Atlanta? Was, yeah. Yeah. That was his spot. But – you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not downplaying, but it would be hard now to be in the limelight all the time and have cameras. So that being said, if you're going to do something dumb, just try not to, or have a good crowd around you. 
I would, I, I agree with everything you said, but to add to that, I would also think, especially this generation, because even our generation falls victim to it a little bit. If you're, if you enjoy, so <clears throat> without naming names, Memorial Day, when everyone was still like big time sheltering in place and it was like a sin to go out, mm-hmm. uh, me and a, a few Gonzaga friends met at a house and we like kind of made this pact not to share any of it on social media, right. which was, I mean, it was nice not dealing with phones and anything, everything but i remember during the time it's you almost had this feeling like wait if we're having this great weekend and we can't tell anybody about it did we even have the fun weekend you know what i mean and that's a super that's very superficial to look at it that way and it's very absolutely and i i but i get it and like it only took a week after to be like no that was fine like that was cool that's the whole yeah yeah. but in the moment i wanted to share it so bad i don't know if it's like show off that i was having a good time basically you're just feeding that ego to show that you're having a good time that's a hundred i'm not i'm not telling you you're an ego guy but yeah it there's what the id and ego yes so yeah if if we were having that feeling and again it, it I'm not gonna. Deny, I'm not gonna say that I didn't have that feeling. Imagine how it is. People ten years younger than us, fifteen years younger than us, like they probably truly believe you can't have fun if you don't tell all the homies about it. Well, you- absolutely. And I think about like, and that goes back to even uh, our conversation about missing out on parties. Could you imagine having cell phones like our our Instagram being in college and you had to stay in one night? Yeah. And the next oh. day, or yeah, you're looking at all the stories and you're like, did they have an ice luge? Yeah. <laughs> they have an ice luge on Augusta right now? I got to go. I'm going. It's 1 a.m. The ice luge is probably still solid. I got to go. Yeah. And I, I think it's that whole id ego thing where you feel like I need to let everybody know what I'm doing. I let, let everyone know I'm having fun. Yeah. Which, and, is, which is immature, but it's, it's a real thing. Like whoever, whoever thinks that they're above that, especially in college, they're, you're, you're lying. Unless you're like going to be the president someday. Well, and I mean, you can't even use that as an excuse anymore. No, you can't. Because we've seen what happens to that office, but (laughs) unless, but unless you're like gunning for ASB president or GSBA president, yeah, you, you have that feeling of like, I want to be involved in the social scene at college because, or why else would you? go to college this is me being super superficial again but but it's, <laughs> but it's it's very real yeah no i'm that's why i'm bringing it up because i'm like okay i had to tell these kids like it's it, it's it's fun to be in college you're freshman i get it man like i'm not i'm not gonna say i i said pretty much i've seen everything and i've done everything you could yeah. ever imagine you know and i'm and i'm blessed to say that and to the point where i'm like just don't whatever you do just don't record the dumb stuff you know like you're going to do it it's inevitable i'm not gonna like be naive and say you're not gonna do stuff like that it's that's but at the same time just don't have evidence like it's well and again Freshman had evidence of Jack in college. Yeah, I yeah. There's no if yeah, I don't I was gonna make a joke. <laughs> I was gonna make a joke, but that 
it was going to be really, really off color. And I feel like I'm already telling the line. Um, so, okay. Another thing. And you guys understood this when, when I was in school and it's, I think it's only been amplified one because social media has gotten so much crazier and two Gonzaga basketball has, has elevated even more so than when we were in school 15 years right. ago. And that is basketball players just play by a different set of rules. Like you can call it unfair, you, but, but that's, that's what it is. If I knock on wood, if I got pulled over at GU and got a DUI, would I get in trouble? Yeah. Would it like, would, would it suck big time? Absolutely. But I, I'd be able to get over it in like a couple of months. That is, that's like career threatening for a basketball player, specifically a Gonzaga basketball player. So it, you just, you have, you have to have that maturity about you and you have to understand that you're playing by a different set of rules than all of your, pardon my French, dipshit friends that you're hanging out with at Gonzaga. And that's, what's great about Gonzaga is you're in the general population. Like some of these bigger schools, the athletes only hang out with the athletes. You know what right. I mean? Right. But at Gonzaga, there's only a thousand kids you're forced to hang out with the, with the normies. Right. Or what's your acronym? Your oh, unathletic, um, normal. Yeah, I mean, use the NARP. 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 Non-athletic regular person. Yeah. You're hanging out with all these NARPs who don't have to subscribe to all these. They don't have to worry about what they're putting on their Instagram stories. You know, they could put, right. they could be 19 and put a picture of them shotgunning or a, a video of them shotgunning a beer on their Instagram. Whereas Gonzaga basketball players, are just, and not just Gonzaga basketball players, D1 basketball players need to be smarter about that. Well, just athletes in general, you just got to move differently, right? Yeah. You just got to move a different way in the sense of uh, you got to be aware of your surroundings. You know, you're not throwing up gang signs and doing up that dumb shit like uh, John Wall did recently. I'm like, oh my gosh, come on, man. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's a, just a it's you just got to move differently and you got to be aware. And like I said, you got to be aware of who you put yourself around that you totally your inner circle is dictates big, a lot of what you do. And I, you know what? I didn't realize that when I was in college as much, but I also I had a good circle around me. I so I really felt good. But like you really got to be aware who you put yourself around because that's those are the people who are recording you and then. All of a sudden, like, I have an example. Oh, yes. Are you still friends with this person you're about to mention? I haven't talked to him since. But oh, okay. it's not a – it's not – we had a shoot-around at 9 a.m. in Japan. And this guy, it was his birthday that day. So he came late, 20 minutes late to that shoot-around at 9. And – just was like, oh, had left 15 minutes later. was like, man, I got, I think I got the, fl the flu. You know the flu, right? Oh, the flu. Yeah, sure. The flu. Yeah. The Japanese so, whiskey flu. The, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So ends up leaving and come to find out he had put his whole story of his night the night before on his Instagram. Oh, no. Come on, a, man. Was this an American dude? Or I'm not saying anything. I'm, okay. I'm not putting any of that. That's as far as I'll go. But come on, man. Got to be smarter than that. He, no. That's all I'm saying. Like, no. if, 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 like you, 
And I think people think it, it, he was a younger guy, so you obviously are just like, dude, come on. And that's the dumb shit I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You can't be doing that and then expecting, like, if you want to play hard, you got to work hard the next day. That's how all I, that's been how I've been taught, too. Well, you had just left the Lakers during the D'Angelo, um, Nick Young controversy. That was right? my year. Oh, you were there for that? You, that was my year. I've oh. seen everything. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right, all right. Please, from your perspective, tell me because. I, I'm not, I don't even want to say anything. No, let's go. Let's get from, when, from when you heard about it to, like, the next day of practice, how awkward it was, was there, like, a, was there like an actual altercation in the locker room? Everything from when you first heard about it to when they finally buried the hatchet? I don't even know if they ever did. I don't know if you can do it after that. So I came in. I always went in early, and I went to get shots up. And one of the coaches came to me and goes, hey, did you hear about what happened? I was like, what What are you talking about? He goes, you hear what happened? Um, So he told me, and I was like, oh, my goodness. I just was like, so I had a a few people come to me, and they're like, if something happens, I need you to get in between. Yeah, because you're a giant of a man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I say, oh, okay, cool. But I was also not gonna, I'm not gonna stop. A, <laughs> I'm not gonna, like, that's that, grounds for fighting. That is, yeah, I, for fighting. exactly. I, I'm not, um, and I just remember it was like two, maybe three days or two days, and um, D'Angelo came to the team and apologized to the team. And I was like, all right, like, you know, you're a dumb kid at that point. I'm yeah, he was not... legit. He was actually 19 years old, right? Right. Yeah. You're a dumb kid, but, you know, you manned up and apologize. You manned up and apologized to other grown men. Mm-hmm. So uh, you gained my respect on that. You lost a lot of respect, yeah. but you went up, like, you lost 10 points, but you went up one, you know? Yeah. So uh, that's how I looked at it in that sense, but. I don't know if they squashed it. It was just a tense, tense, and it was Kobe's last year too. I got a couple of things. Number one, I'm not sure if the Nick Young Iggy Azalea relationship was was meant to last very long. Like who? I remember meeting her for the first time, and I was like, first time I met her was, yeah, I remember meeting her for the first time. <laughs> oh, you sounds like you have a story there. <laughs> we'll gloss over it. Yeah. I, it'd be one. It'd be one thing if they were married for ten years, but right. uh, they were very much a celebrity couple, and I, though the track record there isn't isn't strong. Well, Forever twenty one put money in that that couple's pocket. That was probably uh, doomed to fail. But neither here. I mean, I'm not excusing. No, nah, she would rebound team. for him and everything. Oh, really? They were that close? Yeah. Oh wow! I would that come is... to the gym at night with Vinny and stuff, and and Iggy's there. The, yeah. She's probably pretty good at boxing out, if you know what I mean. I, um, ha-ha. Hee-hee-ha-ha. <laughs> no, it was just a wild – it was a wild year that year because we had that. We had – and we had to play our young guys to get them developed. And we had Kobe's last year. It was, it, it was just – how, yeah. did, how did Kobe take that all in? 
He didn't care. Oh, he did. He he had that, nothing. That doesn't. To do. That's not. That's not what he's about. <laughs> oh, that's like that was beneath him almost. I had to. I'll say it right off. He, that was beneath him. Like he wasn't. That's not concerning. Yeah, baby. All right. No more rocks in the house. All right. Close the doors, please. Thank you. Um, yeah, that was beneath him, man. Thinking about that. I heard a story recently. Kobe's Achilles year. So I guess that, that was his second my, to last my year. Rookie, that was Your my rookie, rookie year. year. Okay. So he came, he had been away from the team for like a couple of months and he came back on the trade deadline. I don't know. Maybe it was like Steve Blake <laughs> who was telling the, you know, this story. Okay. So, so this is the year, this is the second year after he just tore his Achilles, right? Okay. So he's still not, he's still not with the team. Okay, I need to hear your version. Oh, okay, okay. He just shows up, and everyone's like, uh, wow, like, it's awesome. Kobe's here. Like, it's good. He's checking in, like, making sure we're all doing okay. And I guess somebody, maybe it was Steve Blake. I don't know. They asked him uh, why he was here. Maybe he addressed the team, and he just said, hey, uh, I don't want to stick around long. I just came to say um, – say bye to all the motherfuckers who aren't going to be here tomorrow. Like, good luck. <laughs> something along, something like that. Like all the guys that are going to get cut are oh, just shit oh, down the river. I, and you know what? I think he's, oh God, he would say some shit like that too. And you're like, damn. <laughs> damn, you have, oh man. Social skills. Oh. Not, he, not all there. No, no, he just, just, that's how he rolled. That's what I'm saying. That whole like Nick Young, D'Angelo thing, that was beneath him. He was not interested to hearing about it. He just was like, all right, whatever. We're here to play basketball. I'm not here to talk. Yeah, at that point, he had two daughters. He was thinking about what he was going to do after basketball. Mm, like, he was still into the game. Like, he hated losing. But, yeah, he was on to whatever bigger – Bigger, better things, you know, but damn, yeah, yeah. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Weren't you, were you excited with the, now we're getting inside the Lakers weeds, but I'm going to keep exploring. Were you excited with the D'Angelo pick? What was that, number two or number three overall? I got to remember who's that draft class. I oh, it was between. Um, it was a big, wasn't it? Yeah, what's his name from Duke? Oh, boy. O'Neal. Um, O'Neal. Isn't it O'Neal? Um Big boy from Duke, they won it. Come on, stay with me. Twenty was that twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen? No, it was way before that. It was twenty fifteen. Oh yeah, you're right. Twenty fifteen NBA draft. Oh, what's his name? Big boy. Oh, it's gonna kill me from Chicago. Uh, light skin. Jaleel Okafor. Jaleel Okafor. Okafor. I thought it was O'Neal for some reason. Okafor. Yeah. Jaleel Okafor. Uh, I do remember that. that and was, honestly, it was between those two, I remember. D'Angelo is probably the better pick now, right? Yep. Oh, well, then there was Kristaps Porzingis, who was the next pick. Maybe hindsight being what it is, you should have grabbed him. Yeah, but – That's neither knew? here nor there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> who knew? No, I wasn't surprised. Um, it was – like you said, it was a great pick. You know, and here's the thing now, you're you're drafting on potential because he, he is a good player at 19, but you're, like, you're basing it on 19-year-old, yeah. you know? How, what, what is 
for a guy who's on the bench of the Lakers, what and you're entering your second to last year of your contract at this point, what is – are you, like, filled with anxiety? Like, are you hoping they don't draft a Jaleel Okafor? Because, obviously, that's another guy in your position. Yeah, no, you're everything – you're but You're all, super stressed you're, watching the draft. Man, you're super stressed watching the draft. Oh, I don't even watch the draft, to be honest with you. Oh, okay. Let it be, may be what it may be, and I'll yeah. – I'll, React, yeah. I'll react to whatever comes my way, you know. But um, me stressing about it, but that's the whole pe- thing people don't realize is, granted, you got – you have 450 jobs. With that being said, you got 60 people coming in every single time. Hold on. Yeah. Remind- Kids running amok. Kids running amok. I'll take this time. Last time, we're still – we have the same view as last time. Rob got up and left. So there's not much for me to describe in his room here, as you can hear him yelling at his kids. Oh, there's an all-conference award framed deal. Is that uh, – Rob, is that an all-academic award, WCC, over your left Absolutely shoulder? Absolutely not. Oh, okay. What is that, All senior year, all-conference? Um. I don't even know. It's an all-conference award. Yeah, all-conference. Sure. Okay. That's how much I don't even – my wife put it up, so I don't – Well, good for her. Think. Yeah, exactly. Good exactly. Um, but get me back, Jeff. Uh, drafts, you can only control what you control. You can only can, – yeah. Yeah, you can only control what you can control. And basically, you just – you just got to be ready to react and do what you need to do. You can't stress about it. And like I said, oh, going back to it is you have 450 guys. Yeah. You always – that revolving door is so quick. You got 60 new guys coming in plus the undrafted guys that are coming in. So you basically have close to 100 guys every year trying to fight for those 450 jobs. Yeah, keep their job or get a job. Correct. Yeah. So it's always your. That's the stress. Is like, okay, I gotta perform. I gotta do what I need to do to, and that's where people don't really see that side of it. It's like, no, there's someone always biting at your heel to get in where you're at. That's an excellent segue because for years, Gonzaga always had a few guys in that 100 uh, subgroup you just talked about, guys that are just on the fringe of rosters, G League, maybe yep. a 10 day contract here and there, bouncing around. Uh, a couple of rookies who are m- almost 100% going to get that big lucrative second contract, Rui and BC. Now, let's talk about Brandon Clark for a second. Two years ago this month, September of 2018, uh, you were back in Spokane, so you were you were very much in tune to what was going on college basketball or Gonzaga mm-hmm. basketball-wise. And at that point, Brandon Clark was a name – Probably only the hardcore Zag fans knew. He was the San Jose State transfer who was super athletic, but we didn't know much beyond that. Like maybe he was going to be the seventh, eighth guy off the bench. Uh, And now here he is, first team, all-rookie NBA, two years later. Remarkable stuff. You know, he – I think he's the Elias 2.0. But he cashed in when when the when the money was right, right, and the stock I think, was high, and I, and I think he could finish 
a little he had a uh, quicker which is cuz Elias was so powerful when he came to dunking but he was he had a quick second jump and he has great touch around the basket so uh, to me he was like the hybrid of Elias and it was I I do think Brandon Clark had the benefit of going to a small school like San Jose State first and, you know, being a big fish in a small pond, making the decision, which I'm sure it was, it was hard. I mean, I have to imagine it was a tough decision. He probably could have gone a couple of places to go to Gonzaga and then realize he was at that point probably mature enough to realize what he had. Mm-hmm. You know, he was on TV every single night. Uh, he was on a team that had a chance to win the national championship and he probably – took advantage of that opportunity in terms of getting better every single day. And that's probably carried over into the NBA. Whereas someone like Elias came over from Germany and was like, Oh, this is just how college basketball is. You know what right. I mean? Like right. not, I've made it kind of thing. And well, I'm not, I'm not, not saying that. No, Elias, no, no, no. You know who did well this season like that? Ryan Woolridge. Yeah. Took advantage of the opportunity and just continue to get better. Yeah. That's one guy I, and Tilly, I, but Tilly got to, Till he at least got to experience the tournament, I felt for Ryan because he never was able to get to the tournament, and this was his year, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. That, yeah, and like you said, I think uh, Clark had the op- – he just seized the moment right away, and what a great job he did. And, and it, you can see it's transitioned into the NBA. He's seizing that moment. He's playing great. Yeah. I, I – <sighs> My favorite part of Gonzaga these last few years are seeing like the Byron Wesleys of the world uh, come uh, guards who are established at their school. Jordan's another example coming from Cal established at their school. And then for one last push at a deep tournament run, they go to Gonzaga and they're rewarded for it. Mm -hmm. They get to the elite eight, they get to the final four. That's really cool to see. And obviously they're setting the way for other transfers to be like, man, if this doesn't work out at whatever Pac-12 school I'm at, right. Nigel's another example, what other Pac-12 school I'm at, Gonzaga's always there, you know what I mean? What about uh, Wilcher? Yeah. Well, Cal's different because he won a national championship. He won a national championship, but he just was like, I want to go and I want to be the man, you yeah. know? I want to actually experience playing a lot. So he, he took advantage of that, you know. Anywho, transfer you. I'll take yes. it. Oh, so when you were speaking to the freshmen, what can you tell me about where could they see, could everyone see, could you see all of them? Mm, I had the, I had, I, I messed my Zoom up. So I had the, the, the bar or whatever. So you could only see you because you were the only one talking? Well, no, I just saw the, like, uh, there was a, it rolled down. I, I saw the baseball guys. No, oh, that's not who you the, see. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't see the Hoopers is what I'm getting at. I saw, yeah, I saw a couple, but I'm not okay. going to, I'm not going to throw names out there. Okay. Um, but I also, and you can speak on this better than I can, Jack. We can talk about betonline.com. Oh, we can talk about betonline.com off <laughs> Instagram. Although I will tell you this much, pal. We were supposed to do this in the first five minutes, my bad belief. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You may not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. 
I got I to gotta be honest with you. I went all in on the Clippers earlier this week, game seven. You're not the only one, probably. All in. First quarter, first half, money line, spread, doesn't matter. Um, and I got torched. So, rough start, but I'm going to win it all back starting tonight. I like the Bengals. This is going to sound super dated if people are listening to this tomorrow and the Bengals got their ass kicked. But I like the Bengals. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes like any good casino. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Good call. I totally would have forgotten about that. And no, I it all, was uh... – all tuned up. I know. We, we we just got into the weeds right away. I know. You know, just but really here, got into the nitty-gritty stuff. Speaking of getting into the nitty-gritty, should I finish my thoughts on getting into Paris Hilton? Um, just keep that to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're up in the middle of the night and want to uh, want to pass two hours, because it's two hours, you'd think a documentary that long? A YouTube, document, YouTube documentary would be like 45 minutes an hour. It's a full feature length deal. It's called narcissism. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> right. And it, 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 I, didn't, I wasn't even mean, I didn't even mean to give my thoughts on it, but it does bring me back, Rob. Did you ever think she was hot? No. Because she was like, she was dating everybody when we were in high school and like early was college. She? You know what I mean? Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian Erlacher was one. I don't remember. I just remember. She never did it for me either, but to. I, I no, she was just too skinny bones for me, man. Mm-hmm. I need some, I need some meat on that bone. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like, I say, I like my ladies, like my chicken, thick, juicy thighs. Okay. <laughs> All right. I was going to make it. Uh, never mind. Um, oh, come on, Jack. No. You know, <laughs> nope. Not going to get me. Not going to get me. I've already made like off-color political Jack. Sweat. <laughs> I'm not going to get into like <laughs> comparing women to chicken on this podcast. I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not comparing them. I, just, I think that's exactly like what you did. <laughs> I think that's exactly what you just did. I, oh. <laughs> anyway, Paris gets into like there may or may not have been some abuse that she talks about. And uh, her DJing career is super weird, and she's very self-conscious about it for good reason. I mean, she doesn't think – I don't think she believes that she deserves that platform, and she's right because I don't think – I'm not a big DJ guy either. Anyway, it's complex, and you almost kind of feel bad for her because she's like perpetually this 16-year-old girl stuck in a 40-year-old woman's body. Like she, she's – Yeah. She gets in these relationships, Rob. All right, I'm back at it. Listen to me. I'm everything that I hate about modern society. She gets in these relationships, and they're, they're – What is everyone going to think after this? I don't, you know what? I don't care. They get in these relationships – she gets in these relationships where she's screaming at these dudes in front of everybody, and it's, it's something that, that – uh, uh, a 17, 18 year old diva would do. And she should be on E. You should be on what's that channel? TMZ. E. Yeah. Oh yeah. Be in the cubby. Do you think they're like they're in the cubbies at TMZ and what's his name just puts his head over like they make oh, it look oh. so casual? Harvey? 
<laughs> I don't even care. Yeah, I don't know his name. I just make they make it look like they're just talking. At yeah, the they're office. just hanging out at work. I'm like, get out of here, uh, Harvey. Uh, oh. Anyway, but yeah, no. Last thing I'll say is, oh, here's a little, here's one snippet. Every time she gets a new boyfriend, she gets a new laptop. Yeah. Because she doesn't want the new boyfriend to see all the crazy stuff that she had with her old. It's, it's weird. And <laughs> at one point she's like, but she doesn't get rid of them. She keeps them. Rob, it's, a, oh, it's, it's a bookcase filled with Apple laptops. It's unbelievable. There's no less than like 15 how laptops. Many, how many tapes did she make? Dude, <laughs> probably a good amount. But she keeps all the hardware. Someone should tell her that you can wipe these laptops. You don't need to get a full this is laptop. like on some like... Like the cloud exists. I don't know. Well, but she, she keeps all the hardware. She's kind of a moron. I'm, 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 I'm not breaking any news there. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not touching that one. Yeah. I'm not going to touch that one. I'm going to leave this on a quote, Jack. Please, please. Just get me out of here. <laughs> Uh, go Zags. I know. Go Zags. Congrats to uh, Brennan Clark and Rui, and we are going to have college basketball. That's we are. Woo! Man, there is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. From the corner, and it's over! Gonzaga, the slipper still fits! Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.